TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. This one might be one of my favorites. Heck this yeah. This time of year. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy with this version of Mr. Snowmiser, Mr. White Christmas. Oh, this sounds really good. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Cool. I'm Mr. Icicle. I'm Mr. Ten. All right, we have an audio cut of the day later this hour. Also, Michael Kipper is going to join us. I, I just had to find out a little bit more about this. I mentioned yesterday there's a guy that bet on a parlay at Argosy Casino that made a, um, fi- I think it was a 15-game parlay. He hit for $652,000. That is nuts. That's pretty good. Even after taxes, that's pretty good. Michael's going to explain to us why that happened and how it happened and why we can't do it here in Missouri because our lawmakers have not allowed us to be free. But in Illinois, they have. But we'll get to that here and the audio cut of the day. Selena Zito is back with us this afternoon, columnist for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner, wrote a great book about the 2016 election called The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. Selena, how are you this afternoon? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, all that. How are things going? (laughs) I'm swell. How are you? Fantastic. We always talk politics, and and I'm going to see if we can maybe not talk politics in this segment. You think we can do that? Because I'd rather talk Christmas. And one of the things that you wrote about recently I thought was interesting Sue, I don't know if you're familiar with this. I don't do a lot of Facebook, but there's something on Facebook that's called the Buy Nothing Group. I was not familiar with this. So tell me what it is. Oh, so it's really fascinating. The Buy Nothing Group, it started about almost 10 years ago by these two neighbors in um, Washington state who initially wanted to do something. They they live by the ocean and they kept on seeing like all this waste roll up. And they thought, you know, how can we... You know, what can we do to, you know, to sort of curtail all this pollution, all this garbage? And that led into there's so many things that people just throw away. They just throw away. And there's a lot of need out there that some you'd be surprised what some people what you might have just sitting in your house that someone might really need. And so they started this uh, group called Buy Nothing. And um, it, it initially uh, was on on Facebook. There's, there's like 7,000 Facebook groups across the country. Uh, but there, they all, there's also an app, and it's, it's very hyper-local. And it is all about finding things in your home that you don't want, you don't need, or if you feel compelled, 
that you know that there's someone out there that is in need. And it could be anything from um, a local high school sweatshirt that another kid might want to have, um, to furniture, to clothing, to dishware. Um, people give away services. And, and people also go on there and ask for things. You know, they'll say, like, hey, would anyone happen by chance to have, like, an orange bowl that they don't use? I could really use one in the house. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just picking a random thing. Mm-hmm. And these exchanges are amazing. And, and the, the interchange between the people who offer something for free is, you know, they, they, they have uh, the ability to pick whoever says they want it. And and it's not just someone saying, I want that. It's like they give a reason, a really in-depth reason. So it also becomes this storytelling. And, and, and all of a sudden, you are really hyper-connected to your neighbors, something that has been missing for a very long time in our society. Yeah, that's interesting. So I, I have something that, that I'd love to test this out on. I was doing some stuff in the basement a couple weekends ago, and I came across a murder scene of Barbie dolls that were um, – Ken, <laughs> Ken was face down, Barbie was face up. It was terrible. There was blood splatter. But I bring it up because I, I literally have a Barbie dream house that I would like to gift to somebody oh, and who somebody needs would it love that. this Christmas. And yeah. I've, just, I've oh, never taken it to like a charity or anything like that, but it's sitting in my garage – or I'm sorry, my basement, and somebody needs to have that Barbie dream house. I just haven't been able yeah. to give it away. And I don't want to sell it. You know, we want to give it to someone. So maybe this is a good way to test that. that it is an amazing way. And, and by the way, you're giving it to someone that might live three doors down from you. You know, you don't really. And, and, and so it creates this connection with your community and your neighbors. Um, and and it's, 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 it's watching the, the, uh, the different Buy Nothing groups as I was writing this story, really was inspiring. You know, if you look at, at some of these social media groups, next door is what comes to mind to me. I mean, that, that is where souls go to die, right? Oh, my gosh, but, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a website of Karen's. But, but this is just amazing, and I highly suggest – um, you know, that, that people, you know, look on their local Facebook. I mean, it's one, it's like one of the great things about Facebook. Sometimes I just go on and just watch the inner, the exchanges between people and, and I feel better about the world. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, when I went through that, that I was doing specifically work in the basement to clean up the basement in my unfinished part in, We've done something in the last three, now maybe four years because you lose track of time with COVID, but two different occasions over the last, well, I know it's five years because since I've been in this house, we've done some big cleanses. So we've rented, Sue knows this, we've rented a dumpster and we've thrown a bunch of stuff out. I feel so good about the place I am with all the crap I have. On the other hand, there's always things that I'm like, ah, that's just, I don't want to throw that in the dumpster, but I don't have a use for it and I don't really feel like I have the strategy to sell it. So this sounds like it's perfect for that. Uh, And I bet there are people that need things like that I have in my basement. It is. And th- just think about this. The thing that, that the, you put in the dumpster went in some kind of landfill, right? But there was probably 50 things in that dumpster that someone would really appreciate. I'm sure there were. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's the beauty of this. I mean, I wish I would have known that when I sold my house a couple of years ago because there were way, I mean, the, the, you know, curbside pickup in my house, I'm sure the garbage man hated me at a certain point. 
because there was so much stuff I threw away. And had I known about this, I would have taken advantage of it and, and give it to people in need. Well, that, that's great to put that on, on my radar and, and everybody else's radar. So I thought that was interesting. This is the column, though, that really inspired me to reach out and get you on one more time before Christmas because I've had a couple of friends over the course of my life that have been hobbyists when it comes to the, uh, the miniature railroads. And you wrote about um, miniature railroads, a little bit of the history. You interviewed somebody who is now, I guess, the curator of the Carnegie Science Center's Miniature Railroad and village exhibit, um, which I thought was interesting. But this is sort of a lost art form, isn't it, that particular hobby? Well, you would think it was, except it's not. Um, there are a lot of hobbyists out there that are um, miniature railroad hobbyists out there. Uh, and, and there are a lot of parents uh, that get their kids and grandparents, that get their grandchildren involved in it. And it is, it, it is unbelievable what you can create uh, you know, an entire city out of junk that's around your house uh, and, 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 and transform it into railroad bridges and houses. And they, is, is, even at this elaborate, unbelievable miniature railroad, I mean, I've been going to this miniature railroad display since 1960. It has been a profound part of my childhood. And, and each year it grows, each year it gets better. It attracts people from all over the world to come and see it. It's legendary. But there, there, and, and it depicts different parts of Western Pennsylvania very accurately. The young lady that runs it has a degree in history. So she puts incredible detail and research. She doesn't just build these scenes out of, um, out of uh, Pittsburgh. It, it depicts Pittsburgh in Western Pennsylvania between the 1890s and the 1930s, the great boom of the industrial area era. And I mean, some of these Victorian houses, the the bric-a-brac that goes along them is just made out of angel hair pasta. Of course, you would never know that. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Well, let let, Salizito is here. Introduce us to, because I want people to know a little bit of the history here too. Is it Charles Bodish or Bowdish? Um, Bodish. Yeah, Charles Bodish. Uh, so, so um, the Lionel trains were were begun in the, in the late 1890s uh, by this um, uh, electrician. Um, I'm going to forget his name right now. His middle name was Lionel. Joshua and, Lionel Cowan, and I only know that because I have your column here. Thank you. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but you know, he he was just one of those guys that was a tinkerer, and 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 it was sort of a, just an accidental thing that he created this. Um, the miniature uh, railroad, and that how that is how Lionel was born. And Bodish in 1919 had served in World War One, but came home um, because he was injured. And so his brother was getting married, and he wanted to do something special for him for Christmas Eve. So he set up this uh, um, what at the time was an elaborate train set as a part of a celebration for, for the newlywed couple and everyone in the neighborhood who came over to celebrate the wedding. This thing grew and, and, and over 400 people came and saw, saw this thing. And over the course of the Christmas holidays, it soon grew to by the time he, by 1953 over the 300, 400,000 people from across the world had come to this tiny little town in Jefferson County, Pennsylvania, Brookville, to come and see this, this miniature um, train set that he had built in his family's basement. 
It was eventually moved to Pittsburgh to the what was then called the Buell Planetarium, uh, which was a science center in the city of Pittsburgh. And when the Buell Planetarium moved to the Carnegie Science Center, it, the display went with it. And it is, um, it, it is absolutely, it takes up, I don't know, three, four rooms. It's an elaborate dis- display. The lights go on for the daytime, then they dim um, uh, the overhead lights, and you can see the lights in the houses come on. And there's, I forget how many different trains running on it, I think over 70. Oh, uh, oh my just, gosh. Wow. It is, it is it, 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 you have to see it. Uh, it. It is just unbelievable. I love that you you have this quote in here from Mr. Bodish when he gave one of his final interviews. I guess he passed away in 1988, Selena. That's what you wrote. Yeah. But he um, he was asked, you know, why do you do this? Because some things, it's like model airplanes or things like that. I don't have the patience for little tiny painting little pieces. Some right. people can do that. But he was asked, you know, why do you do this? Painstaking work year after year. He says, everyone, regardless of their status in life, reaches out towards life's ultimate achievement, happiness. Privileges, money, and possessions are useless unless they make a man happy. To those of us who have been bored and sickened by the monotony of work in offices, sales, fields, and factories, where the only evidence of a day's work is a headache, nothing to exhibit to friends, nothing to view with pride as an example of skill or handiwork, to those people I say, you should have a hobby. And uh, I would say a a hobby better than golf, which is my hobby, because then you say the word that starts with F a lot, but this is, (laughs) it's an amazing inspiration. I, I just wonder how many people still have hobbies like that. I know people yeah. do recreational things, like I mentioned golf, but how many hobbyists are there? Model airplanes, things along those lines. That is sort of something you don't hear as much about these days, especially with the younger people. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I see it probably um, a lot more often just because of the nature of my work, right, where I'm out there across the country. It's not something, the thing about hobbies are, it's not something you brag about. It's something you do that brings you purpose. Um, and, and it could be as simple as going fly fishing and making the flies. I mean, that's a hobby. That is an intricate hobby. And not only do you create these flies and then you take these flies out and you go fishing with them and you catch a fish and then you feed your family. I mean, there is so, so th- there are a lot of people that are hobbyists out there, but hobbyists rarely brag. They just do because it gives them greater purpose. So what is your hobby? Like you are a cyclist, so mm-hmm. I know that you, but does that count? I or don't do you know. Have other hobbies? I, I like to bake. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I like, like to, to eat things that are baked. <laughs> well, that works out yeah. well. But I like yeah. to cycle. I like to bake. I like to run or walk. I like to garden a lot. Is that old school enough? But, you know, I don't I have so. to paint tiny yeah. things. But yeah. No, no, no. But that's creating something. I mean, I love to bake, too. I'm getting ready to make seven fish for 30 people on Friday to continue continue that tradition. Baking is a great creative hobby. And sometimes you really fail, but you learn something when you fail. And and, and, sometimes when you fail, you you have created something new. So uh, I think there are a a lot of us who have hobbies that don't really even think of it as a hobby. But these are things that bring us joy. And I think that is um, that is what Bodish was trying to convey, you know, set aside the things that bring us stress. Um, that, that, that are mundane in our lives and take the time to do the things that bring you joy. I love it. 
I do. I really do. And I think we succeeded in not talking politics in this segment. <laughs> How great is that, Selena, right? I, I don't write about from Election Day until um, New Year's Day. I never write about politics. If people go to selenazio.com, they can see all the stories that I've done, and every one of them have been about our culture and and the people that make things happen in our country. I love it. Thank you, Selena Zito. Thank you for everything you. over the course of the year. I love these columns. I wanted to highlight them. You have a great Christmas. Happy New Year, and we'll see you in 2023. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having right. me. Take care. 523. That's awesome. It I, is I feel awesome. like I, I need another hobby where I don't say the word F quite a bit because well, be I think nice. music would be, you know, music and film, that's sort of a hobby thing for me because I, I pay a lot of attention to that. But I don't have really that, that other type. I'm just trying to think as she's talking, what would be the hobby? that you? Could. For me, she mentioned fishing. You know, when I was younger, that's what I did. Like, I was motivated by fishing the way I am today about golf. But the only difference was I was actually pretty good at fishing. Well, go fishing. I would like, well, listen, yeah, well, that's I'll a trade little, you baked goods for fish. That's a little, it's a little harder of a challenge. I mean, I have areas to fish if I would go to mid-Missouri in, you know, yeah. the areas that I hunt in Howard County, some of the ponds there. I don't have a boat right now. I suppose I could solve that with a boat. But, you know, sticking to a hobby. Um, and some hobbies are expensive, too, as you know, yeah, also. Yeah, so it kind of depends what they are. They are. Baking is not gardening. Really, You know what? Any of them can really rack it up if you if you dive too deep. But this sort of resonated when, when Bowden gave, or I'm sorry, his name is Bowdish. When he gave that quote, and, and this is where I consider myself lucky, lucky and, and maybe you do, too. This is what stuck out. He says, to those who have been bored and sickened by the monotony of work in offices, sales, fields, and factories, where the only evidence of a day's work is a headache, nothing to exhibit to friends. Unfortunately, a lot of people have jobs like that. And and I, I'm very lucky because I've never had a job like, well, I did at one point when I was really, really young when I worked for U.S. Sprint in Chicago. But for the most part, I've always worked in radio and the media, and I love that. And it doesn't seem like a job when you have that much passion for what you do. Well, and some people have uh, just a lot of stress or, you know, very high-pressure jobs. And uh, I know a a lot of gardeners or, or anything, anything, I guess, a hobby would work, that they consider their relaxation. Yeah, it gets you your know, mind. It doesn't have to be monotonous. Absolutely. It could just be a high, uh, yeah, stress Well, I love situation. the column. Celine did a great job on this column, so I thought that was pretty cool, and I wanted to highlight it here as we um, kind of wrap things up, at least my portion of the work here on 97.1 FM Talk, because I'm taking the rest of the week off. We're not done, though. We have an audio cut of the day, and Michael Kipper is going to join us. I bet parlays almost every weekend um, illegally, because I send money to Las Vegas. You can't do it legally here in Missouri. But somebody over on the Illinois side placed a 15-team parlay and hit for 652 thousand dollars over the weekend we're going to explain how that happened coming up tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four donchich the step back three music you set my world on fire and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The audio cut of the day coming up here before too long. And then um, Ryan Rector is going to take the rest of the week. I'll be back next Tuesday, taking off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then we're off for the holiday. I think Mike Elam is here on Monday afternoon. We'll take you through the rest of the week, and everyone gets a little bit of a break. Abby's off next week. I think uh, Fred is going to be off. So everyone hopefully will enjoy their holiday. Now, I am um, kind of fond of sports wagering and a little frustrated that you can't do it here in Missouri legally. Of course, I have promoted the folks in Illinois because I think it is a fun thing to do. And if you're over in Illinois, you can make some sports wagering. And then I saw this story from the weekend where you had a guy who placed uh, a bet for $15 on a parlay that had 16 overs. And I don't know all the details here, but we're going to find out this afternoon because I find this is interesting. This is a huge, huge ticket. Michael Kipper is the director of marketing at River City Casino and Argosy Casino in Alton. How are you, Michael, this afternoon? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. You know, it used to be one of those things where I would kind of joke and I wouldn't want to tell the, um, you know, the IRS or people or alert the authorities that I would send Venmo money to Las Vegas to to make parlay bets, which is what I do pretty much every NFL weekend and college weekend with my friend who's out there. But at this point, I don't really care because it's just a matter of time before it becomes legal, hopefully, in Missouri. But you guys got the one up in Illinois and somebody got very lucky over the weekend, right? Yeah, he is, he's a regular player, and he does this every Sunday. He said he just comes in, he's got 15 to $20, and he just makes a parlay bet that he knows is pretty crazy just to see if he can ever hit it. And what did he do here? So what I'll do, uh, maybe we should explain what a parlay is for people who might not know. So I'll, I'll give you an example of what I did over the weekend, and it was just a $20 parlay, and I did not make $652,000, but it was a pretty simple one, and this is what's frustrating. I can't even hit a three-team NFL parlay. So I had the Chargers plus, uh, I'm sorry, the Chargers minus three, the Bengals uh, minus three and a half, and the Packers minus seven. And I think the, uh, the Chargers pushed so that $20 bet would have paid $140, but I only got 70 because we only got two right. But basically, if you, Michael, were to uh, explain a parlay, you can pick all kinds of things. You can pick the team that wins with the point spread, without the point spread. You can pick the over, the under. There's other options as well, right? Right. And what he chose was players who are going to score more than a specified amount of points. So think about that. He said he chose two players on each of these different games. And he said all of these players are going to score over the amount of points that Vegas thinks they're going to score. So the, the odds are incredible. In fact, I looked up the odds. He had a better chance of being struck by lightning than he did by hitting all of these parlays. It's incredible the man of luck. I told him he should go buy a lottery ticket, too, because it may never happen again. I mean, okay, yeah, $15. And this is the largest payout that you guys have made before since it's open, right? The sports book? Yes, absolutely. It's our, definitely our largest one. Man, that that is incredible. Um, and I love it's the guy that's just kind of making those bets. And I do that every once in a while. You know, I'll make a bet that just seems like it's crazy, but I guess you just never know. No, you never know. And his came right before Christmas. He was so excited. Um, you know, and he was smart. He, you know, took it in check so that he wasn't going to you know, spend all that cash at once, and I'm just so thrilled for him. And he was very humble and very appreciative. I mean, for most of us, that large a payout is a life-changing amount of money. So I just, I just hope that he 
spends it well. So how does that work? You got six hundred fifty-two, nine hundred two dollars. Is that that gets lopped off the top with taxes right away, doesn't it? Well, he gets his choice. Oh. And he took to have those taxes taken out. With all payouts from a casino, you always have that choice. You know, if you're going to have lots of losses to offset it, you know, some players choose to not take their taxes out. I never recommend that. But he chose to take the taxes out and be done with it. Yeah, that so depends. That's- I think it depends a little bit on the quality of your accountant is what I would argue. But so if he, if he takes the, the taxes out, what does it end up? Can you tell me what it ended up being? It was over four hundred thousand. It was like four hundred thirty-two thousand, I think, is what the final number came to be. It oh took my. a little bit in cash, but but it, it's still life changing for most of us. <laughs> that is incredible. I mean, I, I'm just trying to hit a stupid hundred and forty dollar NFL parlay, and this guy comes through with almost um, you know seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's incredible, Michael. It really is. And congratulations on having this ability over there at Argosy casino too because we can't yet do it as you know here in uh on the missouri side i think they're going to fix that eventually although you probably don't want us to well you forget i'm over both river city and argosy Uh so that would help i I would love to i would love to have it at all my casinos yeah well and what's your expectation there i mean do you think that's something realistically they can get done this year in missouri i i'm going to keep my fingers crossed and be optimistic but keep my feet on the ground at the same time all right michael kipper uh thank you for the update this afternoon 15 dollars parlay six hundred fifty-two thousand dollars for that particular if you want to put his uh that guy in touch with us i'd love to have him on too next week so consider that all right <laughs> I, I will see if he's willing to talk i will all right take care uh, i'd love to know the story that is just amazing i mean that's like winning that's like winning the lottery i don't know sue you were out of the uh, the room i don't know if you heard what he said he said the guy comes in Pretty much that's what he spends every week. And he kind of does some crazy parlays thinking, all right, I'm going to throw a dart. It's nuts. It probably isn't going to come in. But he had every one of them come in on Sunday. He must have Sunday. freaked out when he heard. I mean, that's nuts. I would say it's really crazy nuts, which is it's fun, though, to hear gambling stories like that every once in a while. But we had this guy on that did the um, – was another guy – I can't remember. I was on KMOX at the time we're here that was doing this through DraftKings. And he had a situation. I'll have to think about how this kind of played itself out. But he had a situation where it looked like he was going to cash out for a lot of money. And then something happened. This is what happens every once in a while in these NFL games. I don't know if you saw the end of the, the Patriots and the, the Raiders game. So at the end of the Patriots Raiders game the other day, and I don't know what the line was, but this is how a late numbskull call or move by a player can adjust what happens to a gambler. So the Patriots are, I think it was tie game at the time, they're trying to score, and they start doing laterals and throwing it to another oh, player. Sure. The guy throws it in the air, and a Vegas uh, player intercepts it in the middle of the field and runs it back, and they win the game. But stuff like that drives gamblers crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Crazy, uh, unfortunately. That's nuts. Uh, all right, I got a couple of things here that I still wanted to get to before audio cut of the day, and I think I'm going to talk about this guy from Purdue because we'll get your thoughts on this. I don't think most people have heard this story, so let me share it and see what you think. Um, We're in a situation where you can't really, you know, say anything without getting canceled, right? If you say something that's inappropriate, you tell a joke that's bad, all of this. So I'm just going to tell you what happened here. I'm going to play you both pieces of audio and you be the judge of this. There was a guy at Purdue University, and this says um, Purdue University Northwest, so I'm not sure... Um, that's probably not the main campus. It's probably like we have Umsel here. So this is in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, The guy who runs that campus, they call him the CEO and the chancellor, Thomas Keon, is now being canceled because of something that happened at the graduation ceremony on the 10th. They had December grads there, and there was a guy who was another professor who went up 
before, well, they were just doing, you know, the introductions. People were giving speeches. So this other professor goes up there and he says this, all right? This is important to remember the context. I have a thing on the air if you ever listen. I sometimes just roll off into a made-up language and I've taught it to my granddaughter. So if she starts crying or this baby over here starts crying, I have something for them. It's Ishka language. And... Is that kid going to stop? See, did you see that? Just try that. Go in the shower and make up a fake language and then use it on your kids. It works great. All right, so that is the keynote speecher. James Adelo is his name. He's given a speech. He says that. Immediately after that, the guy sits down. The chancellor gets up and does this. Well, all I can say is... That's, that's sort of my Asian version. Oh... Oh, my. Oh, my. Inappropriate. So they want him fired now. Now, what, was it the best No comic work? No, it was not. But, you, you, there was, but the people, if you watch the video and if you watch the guy who gave the first comments, you know, react, uh, James Dello, people are laughing. You know, maybe they're, they're awkwardly laughing, but was it something that she gets someone fired? canceled? And fired? Was it poor judgment? Uh, Maybe, I guess. I don't know. You know what? He sounds like a person who's not used to doing off-the-cuff reactions to things. And, and well, which I think, is why you don't do off-the-cuff reactions. Right. And so he was probably already uncomfortable, and uh, it just didn't okay, come but here, out well. Now we have an open letter signed by eight members uh, of the um, the Senate's executive committee at the university calling for Keon to step down because the remark insulted Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. And the, quote, inexcusable behavior caused national and international outrage. His behavior does not reflect the diversity and inclusiveness that Purdue faculty, staff, and students value. Every day when I read a new story about academia, I hate them more. I apologize to those of you who are professors in the audience who are not insane, but I have bad news for you. The majority, when I say the majority, 99% of the people that are in your profession are lefty lunatics. This is nuts. The guys apologized, but here's um, Rupal Fanawala, the president of the Asian American Alliance. It's time to step down, and he has to own it. Boilermakers deserve better than this. Fanawala said she added her signature to the petition after watching the video. It was hurtful and such disrespectful behavior from such a joyous occasion. My heart went out to the students and the families. How what? <laughs> I, really? Um... Here's um, Professor Thomas Roach, chair of the faculty senate. It's absurd, and they've really escalated the problem because here you have a chancellor who makes this offensive statement, and you've got a board of trustees that's saying no big deal because they're not going to fire him. So now this guy is asking the school's faculty for a no-confidence vote on Keon's continued position as a chancellor. I'm sure he's going to get a vote of no confidence. I'm sure my colleagues of this university are intolerant of what he did. The latest call for Keon to step down comes after Roach said he personally asked Keon to resign after hand delivering a statement from the school's Senate Executive Committee requesting the same thing. When that didn't happen on Monday, Roach said it was time to take the next step. We're not going to let this go until it's resolved, Roach said, explaining that for him and other faculty members that he's consulted, resolution will come when Keon is no longer the school's chancellor. So one way or the other, this guy's going to be out because he's not going to be able to survive this. Here's what he said. Now, this should be enough, but it's not. We're all human. I made a mistake. And I assure you, I did not intend to be hurtful. And my comments do not reflect my personal or our institutional values. 
He says he vows to learn from the incident. I mean, listen, give me a break. Give this guy a break. Has he got a pattern of being no. bigoted or racist? He okay. said something that he thought was funny, that other people thought were funny because they laughed at it, that ended up being deemed hateful and bigoted yeah, and racist. There was nothing hateful in there. And I hope all these people that pile on when people make mistakes like this... I mean, you can't. Uh, what happens when it's you who makes a mistake? You know, they, that, that's they, a great you know, question. Good heavens! What, what if it's this guy that's calling, you know, Thomas Roach, chair of the school's faculty senate, because he's going after him with all kinds of vigor here? Yeah, you've never made a mistake. Now there are mistakes that people probably shouldn't recover from. Harvey Weinstein and right. others come to mind, right? And there's going to be consequences for a mistake. And the consequences here are: the guy says, "Look, I screwed up." I can see how it would happen. He was just looking for a moment as the person who was introducing other speakers to be a little funny. He thought he was being funny. It just didn't work probably in the end. But it wasn't as bad as everyone's making it out to be at this point. It's not hate speech. And now he's – right. Thank you. That really says everything right there. That's not hate speech. It's not motivated by hate. He wasn't doing it because he was trying to be hateful or insensitive to – and by the way, the other thing is – Please tell me. I'm, I'm begging for this to be the case because I know for a fact that when it comes to the LBGT stuff, that the LBGs have sanity and the rest, the, the T's are the ones that are adding some of the nonsense, right? So you, you have people that can at least take a step back and say, oh, that, you know, not everyone is going to be you know, offended by whatever comments made. But in this particular instance, you kind of tell me that there's some Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders that are being told here that, you know, everyone was offended, that they said, hey, wait, really? It's not that big of a deal. The guy apologized. It wasn't that funny. The guy apologized. Let's let it go. Now, you have this spreading, and this is what happens in situations like this. You've had the university. I I didn't hear about this until today. So this happened on December 10th. It was a week ago. Now it's building because he hasn't resigned. And because he hasn't resigned, you got a change.org petition that's now calling for his resignation as well. They're going to go get this guy as you know as much as they can until he steps down because he did the worst thing that anyone could ever do in academia he did not watch his words properly i think this one is um a dave klein holdover Say i like it. christmas i did not put this one in there today oh, so abby must have gone rogue on me and thank good michael bubble but dave klein was a big michael buble fan yes, so he's great might have chosen that um, I want to circle back to something I started with here with this nonsense that Stanford University has put out, the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. And they're doing this in, in other places in Southern California as well. One of the other things I forgot to mention in the um, in the monologue earlier this afternoon is you can't say, like, brown bag lunch is racist. You can't say blind study. There's all kinds of things that are either racist or they're ableist. So you can't say things. California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo warns incoming students against saying father and mother or boyfriend and girlfriend. This is America, isn't it? Oh, wait a second. It is not because you know what you can't say? You can't say America. What? That's that's insensitive. Yeah, you can't say America. So that makes should. zero sense. The, the whole thing is nonsense. And, you know, why we why we don't have more coverage, because in my mind, it shouldn't be just the conservative radio host in St. Louis or Fox or the Wall Street Journal, which are the only three, you know, 
sources that I can see that are arguing about this stuff. Why why can't CNN say, you know what, that this is, is kind of ridiculous. ridiculous. Now, let me, let me tell you why, and I am not uh, making up the fact that America is not something that you can't say. Let me go to the elimination because they go through all these different things that are not allowed or they make, um, you know, they say instead of user, you can't even use the word user, use the word client. Instead of victim, use person who has experienced, person no who has been No one impacted. can keep track of all this. And besides it being completely ridiculous, no one can possibly keep track of all that. No. Brown bag, uh, just say lunch and learn or tech talk. Cakewalk. That's, you can't say cakewalk. You know why? Enslaved people covertly use exaggerated dance to mock their enslavers. They turned into balls that white enslavers would hold for entertainment where the prize was a cake. So that's racist, too. Uh, gangbusters, just say very successful, unnecessarily invokes the notion of police action against gangs in a positive light, which may have racial undertones. Everything that I have read from this particular guide from Stanford University sounds like it was written by The Onion or The Babylon Bee, yes. doesn't it? Yes. Don't say grandfather. No, no, no. Consider using the word legacy because grandfather, that term has roots in the grandfather clause adopted by southern states to deny voting rights to blacks. So you can't say that. I've mentioned you can't say master bedroom anymore, right? You can't say master, use primary or main, master list, just say list of record, right? Um, Where's the stuff here on uh, (laughs) – you can't say white paper, use position paper. Now, did you say that they pulled this down? Did some people give them trouble about it? I mean, is that what you're saying or well, no? The Wall Street Journal has the whole thing, and, and that's what I'm reading for right now. Um, so they, they have the whole thing, but they said in their editorial about this today that Stanford, because it went public, this is something that they reported on in, uh, in May, and then it went public on Monday, and then it got a lot of attention, and they took it down. So <laughs> my... Yeah, my my sense is, but I I have the whole thing here. I'm looking for the part where you can't say American, uh, but I promise you it's on here. There's so many things that you can't do, and it's just, again, it sounds like it's just, here it is. Okay, Uh, just so you think I'm not making this up. Instead of abort, consider using cancel or end. This term can unintentionally raise religious moral concerns over abortion. Really? Really? When I... Okay, American. Consider using U.S. citizen. This term often refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas, which is actually made up of 42 countries. Well, well that's gonna, a lot I'm of gonna actually, Yeah, I'm going to actually correct that one. You know why? Because America is the most. The United States of America is the most important country yes. in the Americas. That's not even debatable. This whole stuff drives me so crazy, Sue. You have no yes, idea. Yes, me too. Because I it's hard. real. This is really happening at universities. And I've got a couple of you know anarchists that are about to come home for Christmas and spread some of this nonsense, unfortunately. But let's do this here real quick. Now, the audio cut of the day. All right, sponsored by the Good Feet Store. It's all about comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief. How about Eric Adams talking about all these, what can we say? I don't even know what I'm allowed to say. Undocumented 
citizens, something like that? Cities should not be carrying the weight of a national problem. This is unfair to all of our cities to have to go through this without any help from the national government and the state government. He wants help from the national government and the state. You're the one who created this problem with your party. It's the Democrat Party in this country and Joe Biden and the people that have made it very clear that it's more important to have people here illegally than legally. Those of us who support this country, I can still say America, right? We want people to have a better life. We want them to come over, but not just over a border that's wide open. And then the other thing that they're doing today is they're trying to spin this. And they're having success because they have CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post on their side. They're trying to say that it's Republicans that are claiming that the border's open because they're criticizing the Biden administration. Sue, my head is about to explode. Thank God it's Christmas time. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.